Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and on this week's episode of We Got Goals, I got to talk to Sarah Larson-Levy in front of a crowd of goal-getters at A Sweat Life's Sweatworking Summit that we held January 25th and 26th in Chicago at the Kimpton Gray Hotel. And what was really special about this conversation is that Sarah really opened up and got vulnerable, which you'll hear on the tape. You'll also hear Sarah celebrate some accomplishments, which isn't always the easiest thing to do when I had to pull it out of her uh, at some points in the interview, but they've done a lot at Y7. They launched to be really counter to what Sarah had experienced in the yoga industry. She wanted to build something that she liked to do. And you'll hear how she started it from a pop-up and grew it into one of the companies on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies. In fact, they were number 80 just a couple of years ago. I really think you'll enjoy this conversation and you'll take away some of the ways that she inspired our goal getters to go out and set big goals and hopefully you will too. Enjoy this conversation with Sarah Larson-Levy. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road, I'll be back, I'm just reaching for a goal, so don't be upset when I'm not around. So we're here at the Sweatworking Summit and we're going to do a lot of stuff today. Our first point of the day will be inspiration. Sarah Larson-Levy is the founder and the CEO of Y7. Uh, She was listed as number 80 on Inc.'s 5000 list. Uh, And she's just an incredible human. Um, They're opening here in Chicago. She told me the hard date. I'm not gonna announce it. I'll let her announce it. But as she makes her way to the stage, I want you to clap endlessly until she gets here. Let's go. Clear a path. She's coming through. Sarah Larson-Levy, continuous clap. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the stage. It's so great to have you, Sarah. We're going to sit. You guys cool with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Can you see me in the back? Yes. Okay, good. I'm going to do a lot of call and response today, so get used to it um, as Sarah and I have a conversation up here. But before we get started, Sarah is incredibly accomplished, and this conversation will be broken up um, sort of by that. So first, we'll talk about accomplishments. Then we'll talk about hard work that goes into those accomplishments, and then we'll talk about learnings along the way. But I'm not going to talk the whole time. Sarah, tell us who you are and what you do. Um, I think you did a pretty good job Thank of that you. already. Um, I'm... Sarah, I'm the founder and CEO of Y7 Studio, um, and like Gina said, we're opening here in March. Um, March 12th is our hard date. Yay! So, like, half my team is here right now um, doing construction and, like, all of that stuff, so we're so excited. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Michigan, so it just feels like coming home for me. Um, my sister lives here, and a ton of my family does, too, so... So really excited to be back. We're so excited to have you. So as we get into this conversation, I, ju- I just want to see in the room who here is super excited about career goals in 2020. Hands up. Okay, awesome. Who here is, if you raise your hands for all of this, I'm, I'm fine with it. Who here is super excited about lifestyle goals, family goals, friendship goals, those sorts of things? Awesome. Who here is super excited uh, about wellness goals? We've got a lot to talk about. Okay. okay. I'm yeah. ready. Okay, me too. We decided we were going to do this. I was like, I'm, I'm cool to talk about whatever. Like, what? I'd rather just talk about what you guys want to know. So. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys want to know everything. <laughs> uh, so during this conversation, if you have a question that you'll want to ask Sarah, you can do that at the end. Um, so write that down, and I will give you an opportunity. You'll get to use my mic, and I'll run to you. It'll be so delightful. So as we jump in, 
uh, Sarah, you founded Y7 in 2013. Yes. And it, it wasn't uh, a permanent studio at first, right? No, no, no. Um, it was actually started as a pop-up, um, and all the classes were free um, for the first month, probably. Um, we were only open on weekends, just two classes on Saturday, two on Sunday. And that was kind of it. The whole concept behind it was that I couldn't find a studio that I wanted to practice at. I couldn't find somewhere that I was able to kind of get everything I was craving out of a yoga class. And that was kind of it. It was just like a little fun thing. And then at the end of the month, somebody asked to buy a package to which I politely lied. Um, and <laughs> I was like, oh, we're, you know, we're working on it, you know, finding a permanent space and all that. And that was really all I needed to kind of be like, okay, maybe people want to continue to like do this and make it part of their routine. Um, and that's what kind of led to seeking a more permanent space. And Y7, I know what makes Y7 special, um, but maybe maybe you guys don't. So talk to us about what makes Y7 special and different in the Yeah, sure. So it um, this space is dark. It's candlelit. There are no mirrors. Um, we use infrared heating technology, and we move to uh, the beat of the music. So a lot of what I have, um, I have sciatica. I pinched my sciatic nerve in 2012, so that kind of caused me to not be able to do a lot of like the cardio and the gym stuff that I was really used to. And uh, my doctor was like, yoga. I was like, okay. I was like, great, it's so fun for me. And that really led me to, you know, just kind of experiencing a lot of different studios around New York City. And there was nothing wrong with them, um, you know, but I felt, one, I felt really confused. There were a lot of studios that had, you know, 10 plus kinds of classes on the schedule. And I was like, I don't, I don't help. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know where I belong. And then I'd try one. I'd be like, I love this teacher. I love this class. I'd go back the next week. It'd be something completely different. And there was no real consistency there. And as kind of, you know, money and time poor as like a 25-year-old, I just, I didn't have time to kind of, you know, spend 90 minutes, sometimes longer at a class and be like, well, I have to go to the gym now because I don't feel like I did anything. Um, and then I was left feeling also like a little bit you know, physically unfulfilled, like I wasn't working hard enough sometimes, or, you know, I think just a lot of things where I really, really struggled to get myself into, you know, this mindset of really focusing on the practice and the asana. And so Y7 is kind of built for someone like me who is a little bit scattered all over the place. And when someone tells me to like empty my mind, I'm like, oh, oh no. Like all of these things like that I wasn't thinking about immediately flood back in. So Y7 is really built as this super consistent experience. 90% um, of our schedule is the same class. It's 60 minutes. You're going to do three flows. You're going to have a chance to take that flow on your own. Um, and it's something you can really count on for your workout, you know? And the no mirrors and the darkness and the candlelight is really meant so you can have your own experience. You still get the incredible support of the room. You know that everyone else is going through the same thing you're going through. They're working just as hard. They're struggling to keep up at that third flow. But it's still just you on your mat. You can fall. You can take a child's pose. You can do you know, the bind or you can skip it. It's totally up to you and you have that space to do that. And I think having that sort of little bit of you know, semi-privacy helps you be able to explore your practice. And then the music is just, why not? 
Like, I really, like, so many classes I went to, I was like, I, like, I'm, I'm not ready. I wasn't ready for, like, this heavy, like, spiritual experience. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm very uncomfortable with all these feelings I have to go. And, you know, so you take what you want out of it. And I think the music is really a way, like, for me, it, I, it's a motivator. It can change how hard I'm working. You know, you lose steam at sort of that 75% of class. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And... Yoga is one of those workouts where it's all about you. It's about your own body weight. Like, there is no resistance. There is no one telling you to pedal faster. There's no numbers you can look at. It's up to you how long you want to hold that pose, how deep you're going in that pose. And I think music really helps, like, push you to that point. Um, I don't know. And it's, like, it's just fun. I don't It is fun. Who in this room has done Y7 before? Hands up. There will be a Yay! lot more of you. Um, you all have in your goodie bags a free class card to use at Y7 when it opens. Yeah, save Clap it up. for that. Big applause for that. Um, so going from idea to inspiration to pop-up, how, how, how did you sort of bring it to life? Um, and, and what were the challenges along the way? So I, we talked about this a little bit earlier. If anyone wants to start their own business, I recommend you are a lit a little bit more organized than I was. Um, but we didn't really have, like, we knew what we wanted. So my co-founder um, is my husband. Um, he was my fiance at the time. Um, and he's like a serial entrepreneur. He was like, we'll just file for an LLC in Delaware. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, uh. I was like, sure. No idea what he's talking about. I'm like, cool, cool. Let's do that. So, you know, it was like just little stuff like that that happened. And then we really knew what we wanted to do with the branding. I would see a lot of studios where immediately where I would walk in the door, I felt like there was this experience kind of forced on me with images or symbols that I didn't know what they meant, like a really strong, like overpowering incense smell and kind of this sense of like, oh, like you don't know what teacher you're taking. Like you don't know what class you're taking. And it automatically kind of left me on the outside and left me with an image of what I already, like an assumption of what the experience was gonna be. And I could have been totally wrong, but that's kind of how I went into the class. So with Y7 making everything super, super simple, black and white, really, really clean, it sort of invites you to, you know, you're in just kind of a blank slate, really. And again, it's that opportunity to build your own experience and kind of go in in whatever space you're in. And, and since building it, you've received a ton of accolades. Um, you were on the cover of Ink, which, guys, yes, you're looking at it. Um, <laughs> that's pretty incredible. She was just honored as one of Create and Cultivate's uh, 100 Women to Watch uh, Thursday, so no big deal this week. Um, and and the, they just keep flowing. Um, so along the way, can you talk us through those sort of points of pride and those accolades and how all of that has felt? Oh, God, this is so awkward for me. Oh, you're um, fine. Well, the ink thing was huge, and they actually don't tell you. So they just tell you you made the list, and they're like, oh, do you want to do an interview? I'm like, yeah, okay. You do a phone interview, and then I was like, all right, Cool. And then three weeks later, they're like, oh, we want to do like a photo shoot. I was like, oh, damn. I was like, Ink's got money. I was like, okay. Like, I thought they were just like shooting everyone, like, you know, like little like headshots to make it look really nice and like, you know, on the site and whatever. And they don't tell you what number you are. So like, I could have been anywhere from like, I, I don't know. We like tried to do the math at the office and like, I'm not very good at math. So we like, <laughs> we like thought we were somewhere in like between like 1500 and like 2000. And 
so I like show up to this photo shoot and there's like a whole setup with like backdrops and like it was in the office and I was like, okay. And my director of marketing was like, what is happening? <laughs> and she like pulled aside the photographer and the photographer was like, oh, you didn't know, like this is for the cover. And she totally spilled the beans that I guess they photographed like 10 people and it's like, whoever comes out the best. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> I was like, well, thank God somebody told me because now I guess I'll do, try a little harder. I don't know. <laughs> so that was, it was really, really fun. It was like such a surprise. Like they don't, they just like don't tell you. And I didn't know until a week before it came out. So it was really, really special. And like kind of, it's a really big honor in like the business world and just like, you know, I guess, I don't know. I was like, for me, it was like Vogue. I was like, oh. So this is like the vogue of the business world. Um, so I felt very cool. Um, that was amazing. We've been, you know, honored on a ton of lists as businesses to kind of watch. And um, we have a really, really great following, which is really incredible. Um, do you want, I don't want to like list things. You're doing great. You can like look them up if you yeah. want. I feel so weird. Should, I'm not I mean, that great. <laughs> Sarah has a ton to be proud of. And, and what, what I want to make sure we point out is that um, when you accomplish something, it is awesome and good and okay to say you're proud of it yeah. uh, and to talk about it. So uh, so from from there, now you're continuing to open up studios. Yes. Um, and when you kind of have all of these honors, do you feel like it's, it's jet fuel for the next thing or do, does it slow you down? Um, I definitely look at it as jet fuel, right? Because I'm, I'm the one in the office, like, every day. So I know how hard my, hard my team is working. I know what we're doing. Like, I know all the efforts we're putting in on the ops front, the marketing front, um, making sure that the experience is kind of tip-top every studio you go to. And it gets harder and harder the more locations you get. You know, you have to let go a lot of control. You can't, you can't control every single front desk person, every single teacher you have. So it's about really like building this, you know, internal culture of um, consistency and making sure that everyone's aware of like core values and mission and what we're all doing here. So it definitely gets a little harder and it definitely invites more criticism um, as, you know, more people start to take notice. But it's for me, it's been a lot of fuel just to be better. And it's been really exciting. And, and so now we've talked a lot about accomplishment. Um, let's get into the challenges. Uh, we, all, we all know that goals um, generally don't come without setbacks, uh, without challenges. Um, and you've sort of alluded to this along the way, Sarah, but you did not study business. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what did you study? Um, so I went to University of Wisconsin Same. in Madison. Yeah. A couple of you. Yeah, we did. That's it. right. Um, the best place ever. And I, my, so my degree was in um, consumer science um, with a focus on retail wholesale um, management. Um, so I actually, my background is in fashion. I was an account executive um, at a brand and then a multi-line showroom as a brand manager. And, and from there, um, you had to learn a lot. So can you talk <laughs> about uh, where your lack of business knowledge was an asset and where it's been a challenge? So I will start with the asset because I think what I what I've always been really good at is kind of just like talking. So I'm really sorry if I like lose lose the plot in these questions sometimes. Um, so that's what I did. I was basically, you know, I was the go-between between these brands 
and the stores that were carrying the clothing. So I'd work with the designers to and the stores to make sure they were getting the right assortment for their consumer. So I was very consumer focused. I was like, tell me about your customer. Like, who is the woman? Who is the girl who's coming into your store? What are they looking for? What are they shopping for? Is this, you know, a suburb? Are people mainly coming for party dresses? Are they look is like prom and homecoming season like a big deal? Like what are what are we doing when we're looking, you know, at these seasons and these buys? So in that sense, I like have always been really, you know, interested and kind of focused on consumer experience and what they're getting. And I think that has been a huge, huge asset in what we do because the way I look at it is that what we do, we are in the service business. We are doing the same thing as restaurants. Um, we are in the service, that's, that's just it. It's not, you know, coming to see a celebrity trainer or something like that. I am here to serve our clients. That is my number one priority. That is our focus at every single studio is making sure the client experience is as consistent and powerful and excellent as it can be throughout every single location, no matter what time slot. I don't care if it's a noon class with six people in it or a 7 p.m. class that is, you know, has a 10 person wait list. My expectations for every class are exactly the same. Um, so that's good on the lack of stuff. Um, it also is helpful because I didn't really, I didn't follow a traditional business plan. Like my main focus with Y7, again, stayed on the consumer. It was never to make money. So I never, I never had to sacrifice the experience just to get a couple extra thousand dollars on the P&L which in the long run, you know, in the short term, you get kind of scared, things get really tight at certain points, um, especially early on, but you learn that like creating that consistency for your clients and your consumer, that's what's gonna help you in the long run. And, and you see that throughout Y7s, you'll see the same color scheme, you'll smell the same smells, um, you'll experience the same kind of music, um, you'll see the, the swag you will absolutely wanna buy, um, yeah, you, uh, you've done an incredible job bringing together your background in fashion, your love of brand uh, into one cohesive space. Uh, and I'm sure those challenges were lovely to get over. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, many, many meltdowns. Um, yeah, I, it was, so we were self-funded up until our sixth location. Um, and then we had the opportunity to take on private equity funding, which we uh, did, and we're lucky enough to still work with that single private equity partner, um, and they've been incredible, but that was a huge turning point for the business. That was like, okay, like, I have five locations in New York, I have one in LA, like, I, I'm like, is this business successful? Like, I think, I think so. Um, we're still opening studios, so I think it's good, but what does that look like? What's the plan three years down the road? Like, what is, What's our financial goal to have at the end of the year? Like how much money do we need to have in the bank to make sure that we can get through, you know, a little bit of seasonal times. January through April, April, we're slammed. As soon as Memorial Day hits, we change our schedule and we're just like a little bit slower throughout the summer. It's, you know, people are, you all know, when it is nice in Chicago, you go outside. Like that is, that is it. <laughs> the time is scarce, you go outside. So we take a lot of that into account and that's a lot of the stuff that I had to learn. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it was, okay, how are we making our schedule the most efficient so that, you know, we're not overpaying our staff, we're not having staff sit there kind of like, you know, for like two extra hours a day. That's money you can save and put towards something else. 
that's an extra class that you could add in January when you actually need the space. Um, it's looking at lease. I learned a lot about real estate. It's looking at leases. It's a lot. To learn. It's, a lot. it's very very hard. It's very confusing. Um, but you know, it's learning uh, what you need to have on a space. Like I have a standard work letter now where I know that I need 400 amps of electricity minimum. I have spaces where we've had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars adding more electricity to spaces because we just didn't know how much we needed and how much we would use that power with the lights, the music, um, the heaters, with the speaker systems we were putting in, with accounting for blow dryers going on. We could turn on blow dryer, we'd blow the whole place. So it's just like you start to learn that stuff and the only way to learn that stuff is to make the mistakes. Um, you know, we have a couple aged studios in New York that are very well loved, but it's starting to show by, you know, the amount of maintenance that we have to do on them. And so, you know, now when I'm looking at spaces, I'm looking a lot at like, okay, like it may be great, but is it going to serve me through this 10 year lease that I have to sign? Like, what does that look like? And then if so, you kind of learn how to negotiate, you know, build out money that, you know, the landlord gives you or, you know, rent and stuff like that. So. It's a lot to learn. And I, I know we've talked a ton about business and a ton about career, but I want to touch on relationships too. So Sarah, you mentioned that your co-founder um, was your fiance, now husband, and you're no longer in this business together. Um, so talk about what sort of, what happens with relationships when you're in business together and what it's like now. So my husband and I decided to get a work divorce. Um, we are no longer business partners. Um, we came very, very close to actually separating. Um, and it's, it's good and bad. Like there are good things with working with somebody who, you know, you're in a very close relationship with. I think for me, like no matter what, like he's my, I've been with him for 10 years. We've been together since we were 22. Like I know him, like I know him so well. And you know, you have this sense of no matter what, like I know he has my back, but then there becomes that like, we just work so differently. And God bless him, he was the only man in this office full of women <laughs> who work in yoga. <laughs> and I was like ending up becoming like kind of this like, you know, if he would send an email that like someone perceived as short or, you know, you know, mean or like micromanaging, like everyone would come to me and there would be me trying to be like at home, be like, so hey. And then it'd become a fight about something else, like about like socks or laundry and how he's not like doing his response. And it, it just wasn't worth it. It put like a lot of stress on our relationship and we really had to look like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, at the end of the day, like when I, oh, we kind of skipped over this. I worked full time, both of us did for the first two years of Y7. So I left in March of 2015. He ended up leaving his job to help me do this at, um, I think at like the end of summer 2015. So, you know, for him it was like, do you even want to do this? He's the one who like, he's probably has like, I think he sells like eight active LLCs in Delaware that I don't even know what they do anymore. Like I have no clue, but that's what he does. Like he's just like this super creative, like that's who he is. And so um, you will get to experience his new baby later, which is Wave, the meditation experience, which is really, really fun. But he, you know, we made the decision kind of together that this was like marriage or work. And, you know, Marriage, thankfully. Uh, marriage, thankfully, went out. And it's it's really difficult. So I always caution everybody. It can be the best 
And it can also be the worst. You just have to have super, super clear lines of like responsibilities and communication. And when you have a startup, like it is not easy to not to like not bring that stuff home. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, we don't talk about work like after nine. My business is open till 10 p.m. It opens at 6 a.m., 5.30 in some locations. So I don't have that option. Like I'm kind of on if I have to, you know, if I'm getting emails at 1 a.m. because a teacher is sick and we have to find a sub, like I still have to, I, I do that. I don't anymore, but I did. And like you have to be on. Like it's sometimes it's not an option to have this really like, oh, it's us time now. Like it doesn't work like that all the time. So just understanding that it's going to be different for everybody and, you know, it's, it's a challenge for sure. Um, I'm snickering to myself over here um, because if if my husband were here, he's not. He would be in the corner nodding because we, we went through like the exact same scenario. It's a lot, you guys. But I'm so happy that you guys uh, sort of found your way through mm. that and that you, you sound super happy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it also, it scratches the surface on a, a topic that uh, I think is important for people who have big goals of, it, of any sort um, is that when you focus your attention on a big goal, there tend to be sacrifices. Yep. Um, so can you, can you talk about uh, maybe some other sacrifices that you've made? Yeah, there's, you know, not everyone is going to understand what you're doing. There were times I'd be at dinner with like friends or family and like, I would always apologize and be, and be like, listen, like, I'm sorry, my phone's going to be on the table. Like I might have to answer something because in the beginning, like in my case, it was just me. Like I was customer service. I was managing, I was every studio manager. I was the front desk at a lot of studios. I was managing all the teachers. So for me, it's it was really, really hard. And you kind of lose people along the way. And that's okay. You have to be all right with that. Like, not everybody is going to stick. And not everybody is going to understand that you are going to have to sacrifice a little bit of your time with these other people that, you know, maybe... You had a routine where you spend, you know, every Sunday with your best friend, you're there all day. If you own any sort of retail business, like goodbye to that Sunday. That is the day you are going to see the most amount of clients or customers. It just is. It's someone's weekend. So you have to, you know, say, say so long um, to some of that free time. And you just have to be ready for that and to be kind of okay and to stay focused. And, you know, for me, it's my kind of learning has been is just, I've become a really good communicator. I talk about everything now, whereas before I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> um, so, you know, just I think making people aware of like what what you have going on and, you know, letting them know that like it's not it's not them. It's just you're really focused on this like thing and you're doing your best. I think it's really important to remind yourself that like, you know, you're always doing your best. And, and what got you there to the point where you can communicate about what's going on in your life? So when we got, when we took funding, we got an office for the first time. And for the first time, my husband and I had to be around people um, that were like looking at us like, these are my bosses. So it was like a big lesson in like, how do we talk to each other where we're not like kind of bickering like we're at home. Like, I don't want to talk to him like he's my husband at work. Not okay. Or just like weird. It's like a weird vibe. It's like mom and dad are fighting kind of vibe. Um... <laughs> So we actually found this incredible woman. Um, her name's Yael. She has this company called Collaborative Coaching, and it's basically coaching for business partners. And 
she was the one who really kind of like up leveled us in like our communication. And we do, um, we do retreats twice a year with my leadership team. And it's all kind of about like this check-in of where we're at, what we want to focus on, how we're working cross-functionally. Most of my team are just teams of one. Um, and that's it. My director of marketing, like she is marketing. Like that's just it. And that's kind of how it is throughout a lot of the departments at Y7 right now, because we're still very much a startup. We're only six and a half years old. So um, we spend a lot of time working on communication and how we're speaking to each other and this sense of feedback and letting each other know like what's going on, how we're doing. Um, and it's been super, super helpful in terms of, you know, and just how I take that stuff into my personal life too, of now being able to sit down with someone and have kind of like an uncomfortable conversation of like, hey, like you did this thing and like, this is how it made me feel. And like, this is the story I told myself, you know, and it lets the other person know like, oh, I just thought you were pissed at me, you know, instead of like, oh no, that was me kind of like pulling back and trying to protect like myself from getting hurt. So it comes in handy in like a lot of ways. And, and I think that speaks really clearly to two key things. One, asking for help. Um, so you you saw an opportunity, you went out, you found the help you needed. Goals are not achieved in a vacuum, yes? Thank you. She, so you warned, for, she warned you about the call and response. Well, you must answer Participate. Me. I will wait. Um, and, and so from there, let's make this actionable. Let's drill down. So let's talk about building your own path. If you were to give a piece of advice uh, to someone heading out to build their own path, just like you did, uh, what would it be? Oh, oh, there's so many ways that this can go. I, I think it's super dependent on, you know, what you want to do and what your goal is. But I think it's, you know, there's a sense of like, you have to stay really, really focused on that end point, right? Like, you know, you want this and you'll get a lot of people telling you how to get there. And some may be great suggestions, some may be really horrible ones, some may come from like, oh, this is what I did, so this is what you should do. And it's hard to kind of ignore that. And it's hard to stay like focused on what that thing is you really want. And so it's always kind of knowing that like, no matter how you get there, this is what you want. And so you have to be flexible, you have to be willing to shift like a little bit, but is that shift going to change what this is? If it is gonna change what this is and this is what you want, then don't do it. But if it isn't and it's just kind of, maybe it's a little like squiggly line to get there, that's fine. You just have to remember what like the very, very end thing is that you want and know that like it's not gonna be a straight line. And so it sounds like in, in your path to staying focused, um, you focus on two things. Uh, you find the people who you trust to take advice from. Um, Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And um, with like a grain of salt, knowing that like every situation's different. So, you know, like my how I got Y7 to where it is today is not how someone else has made a very successful studio. So And it's it's just drowning out the noise. Right. Uh, um, so how do you how do you keep everything kind of coming in on the, the sides out of your peripheral? Um, that took me a good two years to learn how to do. I used to get very upset. I used to have like full full meltdowns. Um, every time someone leave a bad review, I'm like, ah. <laughs> ugly cry for 10 minutes and then get really angry. Um, and then I realized that, you know, most of the time for those of you who have worked front desk at a studio, been the recipient of an angry client or customer, whatever it is, at the end of the day, like 
you know that it's it's not really about you. I'm the person who's like screaming on the phone with like the Delta representative. I'm like, I know it's not your fault. Because I know it's not her fault. Like she's just answering the phone. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm really frustrated. And you know in those moments that you have of your frustration, a lot of times it's not about that person who you're taking it out on. It's about what's going on with you internally. And then like 20 minutes after you're like, oh God. So embarrassing. Thank God I was on the phone like alone and no one heard me. Um, And so it's understanding that and kind of really taking that to heart and doing your best to, I think what we've done in those situations is really, you know, and that goes the same with like people who start, you know, competitive studios. I've had clients of ours who have started the exact same studio with a different name. And you take it so personally at first. Then you just realize that people are just trying to do what they want to do and there's nothing that you can do to change that. All you can do is control your reaction to those situations. And what's what's it gonna do if you're always looking at somebody else trying to see what they're doing? You lose focus of what you're doing. You don't have time to spend on your goals, your focus, your mission, because you're so consumed by like, what what, what are they doing? Are they, are they doing that? Do people like them better? Like, are they gonna go to them now? Is like, they lowered their pricing a dollar. Does that mean they're better? Like. No, most of the, the time that means they may be in a little bit of trouble. So them, you know, you have to have that grace for yourself too and like understand that like, yeah, like you can get upset, but like get upset and then move on. And I think touching on competition, it's it's super interesting to watch the wellness space because there, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, and you, you were early um, and yeah, you're yeah. A, a groundbreaker in, in this form of yoga. Um, and so how do, you, how do you keep yourself from paying attention to all the competition and from, uh, from sort of getting distracted by it? Um, I, it? It came with a lot of like learnings again. Like I didn't get here in a day. <laughs> it took some time. Um, but again, it's just about that focus and understanding what you want to do. Like we have a very clear mission. We have very clear core values. We did a whole campaign last year that we called our anthem that we actually put in all the studios. And what we did was take our internal core values and put them in the studios for our clients to see. Um, And that was really, really special. And that's what's kind of, you know, when we lose sight of like what's going on, like you can come back to that. And, you know, it's, I think with yoga especially, like yoga's been yoga's been around forever. And I think there's truly like there's room for so much. And I think everybody offers something different and everyone wants something a little bit different when it comes to yoga. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. And with all the spaces, like all the studios popping up, you just kind of have to stay focused. And I truly believe that it begins at like I think it begins the second you walk in the door. Like a class could be incredible, but if you have a really bad like front desk experience or just like the facilities are gross, you're not gonna go back because you're like, why would I spend like X amount of dollars to like, like gross, I don't want to. Like I don't wanna be talked to like that. I don't wanna be dismissed like that. So for me, it's like, that's how we're constantly trying to get, you know, to just up level our experience because at the end of the day, like that is such a huge, I think that's like 60% of it really. Like you have to have a great, you have to love your studio manager. You know, you're spending your time there. Those are the people you're connecting with. Like an eye contact and like a smile goes such a long way. And that's where kind of like the service industry thing like comes back into play where like that's the lens I kind of take with it. Yeah. And I, I love what you touched on with competition too. Um, there are 
billions and billions of people in the world. Uh, as a business, uh, you can't serve all of them. As a human, you can't make all of them happy. Um, and you certainly can't pay attention to all of them. Yes or yes? Great. Um, Let's talk uh, about vulnerability um, before we wrap this up. So you've done an incredible job being vulnerable as a leader, being vulnerable in the wellness space. You've talked about uh, your pregnancies with women's health. Um, P.S. You guys, she's pregnant right now. So so talk about um, vulnerability, uh, where it came from, and how it helps you as a leader. Yeah, it, it came from when I, I started to realize there's kind of gap a little bit early on because I'm not a trainer. Like, I'm not, like, I wish I was, but I hate, like, working out for me is, like, not a joy. It's more of a, I do this so I can eat and drink what I want. Um, and, you know, it's not it's not easy for me to, you know, that's why there's all these, like, kind of external factors with Y7. It's to trick me into, like, losing myself in the practice. And... So that was kind of, you know, I was reading, like, you know, you read all these articles about um, these trainers or these studio owners. They're like, yeah, I wake up at 5 every morning. I meditate for 40 minutes. I, I journal. Like, I do all these things. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, that sounds, sounds like a really good idea. has never happened to me, for me a single day in my life. I've tried very hard. I'm not a morning person. I snooze probably six times, and then I run out the door. I actually walked around all day yesterday with like pimple cream residue like right in the middle of my nose. So that I was like, oh, this couldn't be more accurate description of how I wake up. Um, <laughs> no one told me, so thanks, world. Um, but it's it's really hard, and I kind of realized early on, you know, when I was you know starting to do a lot of press and read a lot of interviews, and you know, you you'd be like, oh, this is what people want to hear. They want to hear that I have like kale in my fridge. And all that's in my fridge is condiments because I really like sauce. Mayonnaise, yes or no? I, mayonnaise is the one I can't do, but like I'm a Midwest girl, you know, I got ranch in my fridge. I got ranch, I got ketchup, I got all this stuff. I got all the good stuff in my fridge. So, you know, and at that point it was like, I also was being compared to a lot of these um, trainers who were like super fit. Like I've never seen a six pack on myself. Like, it's just, like, I'm trying, but, like, I just don't think it's going to be there ever. So it's, you know, underneath some skin and fat, but I'm okay if they never show, and I really decided at a certain point, like, I'm just, I'm okay. Like, that's just who I am. Like, I'm, I'm good with it, and, like, I want to I wanna let other people know that, like, you don't have to have this, like, insane, like, athlete's body to be in fitness, to be someone who has balance in their life. And having those wild nights out, like being hung over, like taking those 12 tequila shots, like you may need to do that one day and that's okay. Like there's nothing to feel weird about with that. And like, and then if you, you know, think a green juice is gonna fix it the next day, like, great. <laughs> that's okay too. And like, it's, you know, I think it is what it is. And that was kind of the start of my journey to be really vulnerable and open about like how I look at balance, how I stay grounded. Like it's not, you know, it's not journaling for me. You know, I get like nervous. I'm like, what am I gonna write today? I'm like, is it gonna be good enough? Like, who's gonna read it? Like, I, that's how, it's like so dumb, but like that's how I look. I'm like, I am so grateful for, and then I'm like, and I'm late for work. I'm like, oh God, I have to go. Uh, so it, it's, I think it's, that was kind of the start of it. And you know, just kind of, I think we see a lot of images like, 
you know, a lot of people talk about Instagram and like it being kind of the highlight reel and like it is. And I think everyone's allowed to be in a bad mood once in a while and not everything, you know, has to be perfect, especially in this world where there's so much pressure to work out every day and have great eating habits and, but also be really fun and look really pretty all the time. And, you know, be really like good and graceful in fitness classes. Like I look like an idiot. Like, I look so dumb half the time. Like, I don't know, my mouth is, like, open. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's tough. I I mean, I feel like we all can identify with probably 80% of the things that you just said. Maybe not the main. I love mayonnaise. I don't know. Um, but I um, want to wrap this up with a couple of pieces of advice from you to everybody in here. One, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? If you've ever listened to anything I've done before, I'm just repeating myself, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, complaining about just, like, a situation, you know, about something to one of my teachers and now, like, one of my really close friends. This was years ago, and she, like, look, we were having wine, and I was, like, <sighs> just whining. And she was, like, you know, I'm going to tell you something that one of my teachers told me. And she was, like, it's like this now. And I was like, oh, like I've never had someone say anything to me that like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, okay. Like nothing is how it is five minutes ago. Things will be different in two minutes from now. You can only move forward with how things are at this moment. No matter what your plan was, no matter how you thought a situation was going to play out, if it doesn't work that way, there's nothing you can do about it. You complaining about it, you, you know, constantly talking about it or like sitting with it and thinking about it isn't going to change it. You can definitely learn from it, but if you have to make a decision, like you can only make it from how it is now. And so that's like something I come back to over and over again. It's like a really nice reminder of like things aren't always going to go your way and you can only move forward with the information you have. And it's a very easy sentence to remember. Um, if you didn't write that down, you can remember it. And if you could give one piece of advice from everything you've learned and done, uh, what would it be? Um, oh God, was like, was like, no, it so seems sorry. like a really easy question, but it's like so deep. Um, if I know a lot of you wanted to, were kind of interested in like a lot of business stuff. So I would say if you have an idea or want to do something, I would say start now. Um, you know, you don't want to spend six months on a business plan, another six months on branding it. And then to find out that somebody else already did it like three months ago. And you're like, <clears throat> I should have just done it. And so, you know, you're always going to have time to tweak on the way. Like, don't be so concerned with perfection. There's always going to be, there's, you're always going to learn something. There's always going to be changes you have to make. So I think start now is kind of what I always kind of come back to as well. Do the thing. You guys just do the thing. Yes? Okay, good. Um, and because we love goals at a spotlight yeah. and we are here for goals today, Sarah Larson Levy, what is one big goal that you have for 2020 or beyond? My big goal for 2020, um, we have a goal of opening um, five studios this year. Five. Um, five studios. Five, it you guys. doesn't seem like a lot compared a lot. to like big huge studios, but it's a lot for us. Um, and then, so a lot of those studios, I'm hoping to be in new cities other than New York and LA. So that's incredible. Yeah. That's a very big goal. So as, as we, uh, take up our next couple of minutes with you guys, I want, if you had a question, please raise your hand. 
Oh, I'm going to go to you first because you're going to be easier for me to get to, Stephanie. Um, and then after we take these questions, we're going to bring Maggie Umber up for a little mindfulness to start the day. Stephanie, what's your question? Hello. I just want to say thank you. I own a business in Chicago as well. And my husband is my business partner. So thank you for calling oh, out good all luck. that stuff, the struggles. <laughs> um, so my question is, as you talked about quality control and ensuring that like yeah. all of your staff gives everybody the same experience, how did you do that? Like, How do you have those conversations? Like, oh, you're not being super friendly. I need you to do this and that. That kind of stuff would be super helpful. If you yeah, so we um, we implemented early on like a super, super um, intense, we're a big feedback culture. Every single person on my team, it does not matter if you are front desk or me, uh, we get reviews every other month. Uh, we call them check and recaps. And that's been really helpful because like how do you like bring something up that someone did six months ago when they've been great? Otherwise, it's kind of like a weird thing. So um, we actually in implemented early on, which um, two of who the two women who are teaching today are part of this team. It's the teaching support team. So what they do is there are eight of them on that team. They all have slightly different roles. And every single one of our instructors gets their class taken and they have an hour-long feedback session um, with a member of the teaching support team once a quarter. If we are also constantly on reviews, um, so ClassPass, Yelp, uh, Google, we're always looking at reviews. And if we start to see a pattern with somebody, their class may get taken you know, early or a little bit more with a frequent of cadence. And we really look at that as an opportunity to make sure that those people are you know, providing the best experience. And it may just be someone, someone's just struggling with like, you know, they're like, I don't know, I'm just like not feeling inspired by the format or whatever it is. But I think just like naming the thing and having that conversation in the moment is always best. And a lot of times people are super, super grateful for that because a lot of, you know, I can only really speak to like yoga and what I've seen a ton of, but you know, a lot of times like yoga teachers just go in and teach and you know, no one's from management level is really like, hey, that was really great. Like you got this insanely amazing review, like a client wrote in and like they loved like X, Y, and Z, you know, and something that you could maybe work on is like, you know, being a little bit more friendly at the front desk or whatever it is. So I think always, you know, doing those things in real time and starting to implement them like now is always a good thing. Did that help yeah. the answer? Okay, yeah, cool. Hey, I'm over here. Hey, hey, hey um, Layla has a question. Layla, what's your question? Stand up. Let's do it. So I listened to a podcast where you mentioned that you wouldn't, people have come and said, why don't you guys do yoga with weights? And you said, you know, that's not necessarily true to our vision. That's not really what I'm looking to do. That's not the experience that we're looking to provide. So I'm curious, when you do get that type of feedback from clients or from um, just people in general who know about your brand and the experience that you're trying to cultivate, how do you kind of stay true to yourself, embrace the feedback, but also keep your vision on what you're looking to do. Yeah, it, I think that, you know, that kind of comes into play about, you know, where you see your business going, right? Like, what's the thing that you love? Like, we could have done weights. Like, a lot of studios do that, and it's great. I just, like, I don't, I don't care about that, like, on a personal level. Like, I want to take it, but, like, that's not what I want to provide, right? Like, I wanted to provide this one thing. And again, it's kind of wrapping your head around this idea of you're never going to be everything to everyone, right? So if you start, like, if you want, like, if I wanted to do weights, then like, yeah, maybe I would have. But 
For me, it's like the kind of class I already provide, what am I gonna do, turn on, turn on all the lights? And make everyone go grab weights? Like that's wasting, like that, that like cuts like 10 minutes into my like 60, that thing that I was really proud of was having this 60 minute thing where I know like everyone can do 60 minutes, right? It starts to creep in that 75 minute where people are like, I gotta go. So, you know, then it compromises this other thing that I had in my experience. So I just think you have to like look at it that way. And, you know, I'm very like open. I think, you know, there are a lot of studios that do that really, really well. And I always kind of recommend those. I'm like, you know, if you're looking for that, like this studio does it really, really well. And, you know, what we do is kind of this thing and we'd love to have you back. But that's kind of the way I look at it. And, you know, I think the more generous you are with like the suggestions and not trying to fulfill every aspect, um, you know, for everybody, it just makes you a stronger business and makes really, I think really makes people respect you too. And like, they'll come back. Awesome. Over here. I know. I keep like looking for him. Like, I know. Don't worry. I'll wave. Okay. Um, so we've got Rachel with a question. I'm going to take two more questions. I already know who they are and I'm sorry. Here's you. <laughs> Thank you. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. today. I am really excited for you in 2020, and you've been incredible to listen to. My question is, it sounds like you've done and been through a lot of like immense personal growth when you talked about like criticism and things like that. And if you don't meditate or journal, like I'm curious what your techniques are and how you've kind of grown into who you are today. And is it truly just like you stepping into the fire and like getting burned and learning from that? Um, that, um, a lot of burns, and also therapy. Um, I'm, it's like... I'm a big, like, yeah. My, my own husband, like, yells at me. He's like, you do not like to meditate. He's like, I, like, he's like, I'm a little offended that you, like, don't use Wave every single day. I'm like, listen, man. I'm like, I love you. I support your vision. I support meditation. For me, I, again, once again, I talk a lot. Um, so I'm someone who kind of, like, needs to just run through what I'm thinking. And, like, I need that, I need that feedback. I think sitting and writing for a lot of people helps them do that. Like speaking is kind of my way of doing that. And I need the, I need the feedback of my therapist to be like, either you're out of your mind, like you are wrong, like you are blowing this way out of proportion or like that, you know, choosing to like kind of flip the script on me to really think about like, you know, how I react and like my part and everything. So that's been like, that's really what I do. My, the woman I mentioned with the collaborative coaching, I actually see her once a month. Um, I see her once a month for, you know, kind of a check-in on how I, you know, the struggles I'm feeling as a leader, how I feel like I'm doing management wise and a lot of like business stuff. Um, my husband and I still see her once a month um, for, you know, just kind of check in on ourselves and our relationship and how we're doing now that that business part is kind of taken away and she knows us so well. So I like, I like basically proposed to her. I was like, will you be our couples therapist? Um, and I also just recently started doing EMDR. Um, so, which is, if you're not familiar, it's like a sensory technique and it's really, really incredible and kind of takes away like some of the talking aspect and focuses more on a visualization technique. So I also just started doing that recently. So a lot, a lot of therapy. Hey, I'm back here. Hey. Hey. And if you guys have any questions about therapy today, um, plug for the 2020 wellness experience. There will be mental health professionals there who can answer any question you have about finding a therapist or anything like that. It's not full on therapy session. So don't worry. Don't be nervous. <laughs> you can just ask some questions. I've got Sandy with me. What's your question? Hello. Hi. Um, so, 
I my question is centered around balance. Sure. You mentioned that you are pregnant, so congratulations Thank again. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and it's 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 touching on that as well. I know that you guys talked about the relationship between you and your husband, mm -hmm. and starting the business, and then how successful you are now. Are there any steps or are you anticipating any type of plan of success at home? And how are you planning to balance that whole individual that's going to shake up your entire world? Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of time to think about this. We didn't really touch on this a ton, but um, I, the last um, two years, I've had two miscarriages. So this is something I've had kind of a lot of time to think about and how I want to parent. Um, and what I want to do, you know, kind of when that time comes. I'm very, very lucky um, that I have an incredible team. Like, my maternity pl leave plan is done. Um, I feel really good about that. But it's definitely, I'm trying to take it very much, like, day by day and to see how I feel. I think what's going to happen, probably my, my vision for this, and I hope it works out the way I want it to, is that, you know, I'll, be, I'll work from home Mondays. And I'll be in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because that's when most of our meetings happen. And then I'll have a flex day Friday. So, you know, just kind of planning into that. And, like, I'm always on my phone anyways with emails and stuff like that. So it's, I think it's being okay with, for anyone who has kids, I'm sure this is, like, a huge thing that you know. Like, you, you can't plan anything. Like, just good luck. Like, it, you cannot control this other little person who has come into your life. So... I've had to learn a lot to kind of like, you know, and through the miscarriages and stuff too, just learning how to kind of let go of that sense of control because you just don't have any. And there's no point in trying to gain, you know, that back or, you know, try and make things like they were before. It's kind of just, it's like this now. You like that, everybody? Tie that back in. It's like this now, you guys. Um, Sarah Larson-Levy, you have been incredibly open, vulnerable. Um, thank you for sharing your story. And, and thank you again for sharing about what you've been through over the past year. You guys, she's an incredible inspiration. Let's give her a big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you for joining me yeah. on the stage. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. This podcast is a SweatLife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends, so we would love it if you'd share it with yours. To do that, you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe at any of those places, too. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music, to our guest this week, Sarah Larson-Levy, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and of course, an extra special thanks to you, our listeners.